psyche is waiting for someone to talk to her, and that's me. The person on the couch has no idea about that. They're just struggling with their persona. Welcome, dreamers, to another episode in the Blue Door Playbook, a podcast that explores the underworld of dreams through the therapeutic work and wisdom of archetypal psychotherapist Timothy Tate. I'm your host, Putter Brown. Episode 3, How Timothy Uses Dreams in the Therapeutic Process. The individual who chooses to seek help is typically up against something they can't figure out. So, when they come through the blue door, they want relief. The trick here is to not cater to some sort of simple solution, be it medication, diagnosis, or analysis of what's wrong and what needs to be fixed. That's the temptation especially in modern society where everything is needed on demand and is convenience-oriented and solution-oriented. Where we go in my world is how do we become comfortable with the mystery and trust the process of our creativity rather than try and figure out particular problems. Last week, an individual comes in and is feeling defeated by the financial distress that he feels responsible for providing for his sons in an ugly divorce. And he's locked and loaded on the burden of the financial distress and how he feels he has disappointed his sons and is convinced of that story. On the meantime, I'm creating an opportunity by listening to the words he's using and will bring those words back to him after he's done saying something. For instance, the disappointment and self-loathing that you have about not being successful in your life and having experienced a breakdown, which I insist he calls breakthrough, and the gravity of all this is pulling you into martyrdom. And I'm wondering if that's okay with you. Rather than trying to fix what he thinks is wrong, so we just crossed a threshold there from a literal emotional interpretation of his experience into an archetypal experience of the martyr. So his riddle was, I'm a strong, capable man, and life is unfair and kicking my ass, and I'm defeated by that. 
And so my response is, so you are spinning down into the depths of martyrdom and are telling me that you're identifying with being a victim. So that, in that moment, you can feel the energy. There's quiet. And he goes, you're right. Wait a minute. And then a whole nother conversation starts taking shape. No, you don't go, huh? I think I had a dream. No, you go, holy shit. Now I'm in trouble. What the <laughs> hell was that? Within 48 hours, you're going to have a dream. And we really want to see if we can't remember that dream and bring it back for the next session. I can almost say invariably that happens. So obviously I'm setting it up. Obviously the individual is interested in relieving their suffering. So there is a fresh agreement between two individuals that typically has never been expressed before about the value of the dream, the respect of the healer, the respect of the person suffering, and then the task of Bring back a dream you'll have in 48 hours, which is where the dialogue comes into play. What does this generate in you? Who is, for instance, in a dream recently, who is Charlotte? Tell me a story about Charlotte. And the person will tell me a story about Charlotte. And then I, in turn, will go, well, when was she a key player in your life? Oh, I mean, through grade school and through high school, about fifth grade through maybe sophomore year. Okay, now we've got a zone to focus on. Tell me about those years. And so we're starting to work the alchemical process in the container of the therapist's office. And back to the bottle and the quicksilver of the unconscious content the therapist's job is to uncork the bottle. The person walking through the door is in that bottle of trouble, yelling, let me out, let me out. That's what I hear when somebody comes through the door. And so we uncork the bottle. And a silver dream is a hell of a way to uncork a bottle, is the best way. The copper dream is talking about what's in the bottle repetitively, the unconscious repetition of things. And the gold dream is the payoff for doing the work of uncorking the bottle and not being satisfied. And this is where most other psychological counseling, therapeutic approaches stop the go only this far of uncorking the bottle. 
end in a workshop or in a presentation. We call it catharsis. And, oh, I feel so much better. This is tremendous. That's the spirit licking its chops, going, "Uh uh-huh, that's what I wanted. You let me out. Because if you just let the spirit out of the bottle, you're releasing unconscious content. So Mercurius has been in that bottle for 2,000 years, simply meaning unconsciousness goes back a long way. And if you open that bottle, smash that bottle, like some approaches are back in the day, used to be called yes, and then it was called something else, and now it's called something else, where you go and you just get down and you get real honest and you get real blunt and you open up and you become very vulnerable and you let all the spirit out of the bottle. Everybody's going, way to go, way to go. And it's a clusterfuck from then on because if you just let the spirit out of the bottle and are satisfied with the emotional catharsis of the release of pent-up content, as the goal of therapy, you are simply getting yourself into a much deeper trouble because now the spirit is roaming around without any accountability. And so in alchemy, there's stages of transformation that have elements connected to them as ways of understanding that stage, both with chemical properties and metaphorically. So I'm talking about unleashed spirit as the sulfur part. It's stinky and it's hot and it can explode. Too often in our immature society, we mistake quick fixes or sensational experiences as some sort of marker for change or I'm better now. And it's actually just the release of the spirit from the bottle and the start of the trouble. But as the cliches say, once the genie's out of the bottle, you can't put him back in. Well, that's not exactly true. But getting him in the bottle again requires a trick and then sophisticated negotiation with the spirit, which is what therapy is. I manage and promote and facilitate the conversation and negotiation between the human, the container, and the spirit in the bottle. And how are we going to use this life force, this spirit force, towards the task of individuation, of soul crafting. When that moment happens, it's pretty sweet because then you have a window of opportunity to teach the individual about how Psyche plays herself out in our life. And that's what, to me, is the best form of therapy is for me to teach you the skills about the nature of how It all goes down so that you can take over that job. The ancient 
or the old way or the wisdom tradition method of enlightenment was giving of tasks that seemed impossible. The task piece itself came from the work of my colleague, Albert Belante, uh, who was a psychologist I was working with back in Miles City, Montana with uh, delinquent boys. And th through his and my conversations, we understood that in order for therapy to be grounded and have some sort of step-by-step motif in the journey or laying down something that you can step on to go the next step. People had to be responsible for accomplishing a task that the therapist identifies during the session from all that's been presented. For instance, a man who has bitter rage against his father, justifiably so. But his father has died, and so he can't talk to his father. But I would give a task, for instance, like, well, go to his grave. Take a trip to his grave and address him and say it to him. The task is not that he hears this, it's that you say it, that you get it out of your system. So tasks bring all of the ambiguous, conceptual, emotional juju into focus on a specific creative, usually, task, often having to do with writing a letter, you know, not emailing it, you know, writing it and posting it. So I was born in 1948 and believe in cursive and paper <laughs> postage and envelopes and somebody picking it up and bringing it somewhere and giving it to somebody else, but I do. <laughs> and so, and then they have to read the letter to me. And oftentimes um, just writing the letter, like there's a gal who has been smoldering for her 50-some years about how her father perceived her as uh, basically ornament, a doll, um, kind of a psychological incestuous mate, and never really took the time or either had the time or energy to know her. And so she's writing this letter, and it's taken, you know, three months. And it's the kind of letter that if I, as a father, received from Abby, I would be so joyful, so rejoicing. It'd be so hard. I'd probably drink a bottle of scotch. But I'd go, yeah, way to go, girl. Jesus Christ, you just read me the riot act. I know I fucked up and you figured it out. Yay. Uh, but it's going to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's not going to have any effect, which is going to lay her low, and that's her fear. Mm. So anyway, it just is a focus. You know, we've talked about tasks here before, and this is one of the mm -hmm. 
basic tasks. Would Hellman have done that? Or Jung have done that? Or that something that came kind of in your world? I've added this on. Yeah. Like. Yeah, no, this is this is my contribution, one of my contributions, yeah. 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 I don't have any memory, Putter, of anything in their literature that would refer to tasks. Mm-hmm. Big contribution. It's significant because of all the what we just said. Yeah. You know, mostly that... The two things that out of the swirl of the material, I'm able to pull a string and identify what that theme is and give the task. And the second part of it is without task, therapy can just be some emotional or mental masturbation, which has its place. It feels good, but it doesn't change, doesn't transform. It doesn't individuate. There has to be tasks. And those who are really going to have a chance at changing, do their homework. Those who are stuttering and floundering and playing at changing, don't. So doing their homework will mean, just to review, you come... You talk to me for the first session. I write notes on my yellow legal pad about what you've told me. At the end of that session, at the end of those notes, I'll give you a a creative task and resources. I'll always ask for your dreams as a way of becoming conscious, not remembering the details of every dream. But can you have the intentionality of bringing something from the unconscious to the conscious? That's all we're trying to do here. And dreams are a way to start that. Because people understand that they're unconscious when they're dreaming. They don't understand that they're unconscious while they're awake. Task is a key to the gate at the threshold. That's what the task is. It opens up a whole nother world. You go into the other world if you really are sincere with wrestling with the task. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll have to lay it yes, down there, let's brother. Lay it down there. <laughs> no, that's that's good. I'm glad we got that down. Me too. That's what that is, you know. And uh, I was just flooded with different memories of people reporting on the experience they had when they faced their task, just like you did there. Uh, I was thinking of Kim, and she had had a task. She had seen a wolf in her dream, you know, coming right at her. You know, I go. You have to go to Lamar Valley. (laughs) And she did. did. That was a druid wolf from the druid pack. I know that guy. You need to go see him. She goes, what? And But she did. There at 5 o'clock in the morning, shivering. And the dude crossed the Lamar Valley and loped away. And it was just like, 
Then she met somebody standing there who's become a dear friend. <laughs> it's just like, plus it was just like, oh my God, I've seen my dream. And that's the point. It's like, of course you are. You're always fucking dreaming. And the threshold of crossing over to the dreams that sleep provides is one way to get there, but there's other ways to cross that threshold into the other world. And tasks might be one of the keys to the gate of the threshold. That if you turn that task, you're somewhere else. Great stuff. Well, you're holding me on task. Yeah. Yeah. So back at you. We've reached the end of another session in the Blue Door Playbook, a podcast for the soul featuring archetypal psychotherapist Timothy Tate. Thanks for listening. I'm Putter Brown. Stay tuned for the next episode where Timothy tells us about meeting his teachers and his history in dream work. The content in this podcast is strictly for informational and entertainment purposes only. If you are experiencing mental health symptoms, please contact a mental health provider in your community.